Hello and welcome back to the IAUG Insider Podcast. My name is Matthew Nanez and I am your host. Before we get into this episode, I want to thank everyone who checked out the first episode of the podcast. I personally wasn't sure of what my expectations were as far as reactions go, but it's been amazing. I've been hearing a lot from you guys and I just want to thank you so much. Uh, if you have any suggestions or you want to tell me how you enjoy it or don't enjoy it, please reach out to me on Twitter at IAUG Matthew or at IAUG to let me know what you think. And also some other housekeeping things. We are currently on most podcast platforms, but we're still waiting on approval from iTunes. So until then, just log into Anchor or go to Stitcher or Spotify or wherever else you like to get your podcast to get the IAUG Insider Podcast. Now let's get into this week's episode. This episode features via veteran and fellow podcaster Mark Fletcher, or better known as Fletch. If you spend enough time in the IUG community, you'll soon find out that certain people have their thing. Well, Fletch has multiple things. First of all, he's passionate about all things 911. And second of all, he's a huge part of the IUG community where he's spearheaded via podcasts. We talk about the origins of Carrie's Law, a law that he had a major part of developing and supporting, leaving legacies to our professions. And also we talk about how he got into podcasting and why he thinks podcasting's the same as telecom. This was recorded in a shockingly quiet hallway during a Via Engage, and it was a fantastic conversation, and I'm sure you're going to love it. Here's the episode. Enjoy. Uh, how are you? Mark, got Mark Fletcher here. Doing well. Good to meet you, Matthew. Good, yeah, good to meet you, too. Um, so how long have you been with Avaya? Well, you know, I get asked that question a lot, mm -hmm. and uh, it goes back really now, officially, before Avaya, because I started out working at Nortel, mm -hmm. and even before that, Belt Linux Meridian Systems, which was owned partially by Nortel. So, good part of 20-plus years in that family, and I actually worked for a distributor of, a, of AT&T Lucent, Back in as far back as uh, 1985, right. so. So in in that whole time you've been with Avaya, how long you've been coming to events like these, like Engage specifically? How long? How many years? I you know I used to count. I think this is my 15th or 16th Engage, but uh, yeah. I've been coming to these regularly. I would say for the past 17 years. What, what keeps you coming back? What, you know, we've got one a year. You've got all that time to marinate, so to speak. What, what makes you keep coming back year to year? Well, you know, I mean, I came as a user uh, in the early 2000s, and my goal there was to learn, to network. Mm -hmm. um, as I started getting more in-depth in my career, I enjoyed teaching, I enjoyed presenting. So they gave me the opportunity to do that. Um, obviously at Nortel and Avaya, we play an integral role to pass on specific knowledge. So I enjoy the networking, I enjoy meeting people, and I enjoy imparting knowledge on the user community mm -hmm. to help them build their career. Right. 
And in speaking of community, great segue there. Um, so professional development is a, a hot topic in the community. And you have clearly have had a lot of experience. And so let's go back to the beginning. So how and when did you find out or discover that you wanted to be in this industry? Well, you know, it's kind of interesting. When I, when I got out of high school, I became a police dispatcher and a special officer in, in my town. And um, I just had always naturally gravitated towards the telecom side of things, whether it be land mobile radio, two-way radio, telephones, whatever. I was always had a fascination with electronics and communications. Mm -hmm. After about five years at the police department, decided that I wanted to go out and do something else, and I got in, had an opportunity to get involved in telecommunications right. and computers, and that just slowly morphed and evolved itself into where I am today. And it's kind of interesting because the public safety side intersected with the telecommunications side mm -hmm. because, as you know, that's now one of my specialties right. within the big world of telecom. Right. And so everyone has their origin stories. Everyone has their... Where, where they end up at the bottom. They got to get those first initial jobs. So... What were a couple of those first jobs, and were there any lessons that they taught you that you still apply today? Um, you know what? I, I, was a, I was a sales guy at a microcomputer store that sold little mini mainframes. And the <laughs> lessons that I learned were never go to work for a little microcomputer store, <laughs> retail selling mini mainframes. Yeah. Um, you know what? It, it's interesting. The internet didn't exist back then, mm -hmm. but on the online community did. So, a lot of the lessons that I learned back then, simple as FTP and Telnet sessions, mm -hmm. I use every single day today. Um, when I was working for a telecommunications company in Orlando. I couldn't tell you what blue, orange, green, brown slate was, the color codes for Twisted Pair. Mm -hmm. Now I could call them off in my sleep because someone taught them to me. Mm -hmm. um, oddly enough, when I was in Orlando and from 85 to 90, I won a stupid contest in a bar <laughs> for that a radio station was holding, uh -huh. Y106 in Orlando. Mm -hmm. And I won the contest. And part of the grand prize was being on the air one night during the week, right. which I did. A guy had just come up from a Miami radio station. His name was Spider Harrison. He was the program director at Y106. And... Spider and I just immediately became best friends mm -hmm. that night. And he's still one of my best friends today. He's now a disc jockey on Sirius Satellite XM. Um, hits one, does the weekend countdowns. Mm -hmm. But he introduced me into radio yeah, and into broadcasting. And I was talking to him just a few years ago about how to get the word out a little better to because people ask me the same question. 
And he said, why don't you podcast? Yeah. And I'm like, what's podcasting? And he explained to me, mm-hmm. record once, play a thousand times. Right. I'm like, I'm all about that. No problem. Mm-hmm. And that's where I started podcasting. Uh, with his help, really. Yeah. And so that, that's a great segue into what I want to talk about next is podcasting. So when you discovered this new medium, this new, new, this new form of communications, really, when did it occur to you that this is something that the community needed? It occurred to me when Spider said to me, you should podcast. Yeah. So it just became natural is that you knew exactly what you wanted to talk about? Absolutely. I had a little bit of radio background from when I worked with him. Mm -hmm. I was was working as a weekend DJ on the Hot Rock and Y106. I knew how to produce. I used to produce commercials. I knew how to do audio production. I learned that there. And now all of a sudden, those skills could be applied to podcasting. And where... Everybody else had to take six months on how to learn how to podcast. Right. I already knew how to do it and just had to go out and buy the equipment. A podcast right now. Yeah. I mean, but, yeah. Did we just go back in time? It's exactly. Like putting instant <laughs> coffee in a microwave. <laughs> exactly. In, 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 it's As far as the way to communicate with people, it, always looking forward is obviously that's what you have to what you have to do because people are going to be different places, whether it be on social or, uh, you know, people are not really listening to terrestrial radio anymore. It's a little bit easier to download podcasts whenever you want. It's a little bit more, um, you know, just right here, right now. It's the ultimate on-demand content, mm-hmm. right? right? You know, it's, it's like, it's, it's what you want, when you want it. There is just, you can get a podcast on you know, anything you want out there, right? Mm-hmm. You know, painting shaved squirrels. I'm sure <laughs> there's a podcast out there. About Someone Google that. it out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that leads me to, to my next question. So uh, doing some Google searches on you. Uh, uh-oh. We, yeah, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, so it tells me that you've been writing about um, E911 for a long time. Yeah. And you have a talk during Engage about this same subject. So it's six years since you've written that blog for Vi, and now it's a hot topic. So within those six years, what has changed, and what do you see the future of that? So you're talking about the Carrie Hunt incident, obviously. So I was out in a... I remember this specifically. I was out in a hotel in uh, Washington, state of Washington, and on the door there was a sign that said, in case of fire, call the operator for an emergency. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, that's pretty stupid. And then I started noticing all the hotels that I stayed in had some four-digit code or you had to dial nine Mm -hmm. for 911. None of them said 911. I'm like, That's going to be a problem one day. Mm -hmm. And I started blogging about it and writing about it that whole summer. And then in the fall, late late fall, December 1st, Carrie Hunt gets murdered for Mm -hmm. that very reason. Her nine-year-old daughter, Brianna, knew what to do and tried to do it four times. And couldn't do it. And it didn't work. 
And I'm like, oh my God. And when I reached out to Hank Hunt, who's here this year mm -hmm. at the conference, and I said, look, you don't know me from Adam. I'm just some jerk from New Jersey, but I can help you and get you in front of the right people that need to hear your story. Right. But this is your story and you need to tell it. Carrie was your daughter. Right. And if you'll give me that commitment, I will get you in front of it. Um, he's like, yeah, okay, let's go. So I first approached uh, Commissioner Ajit Pai, who's now the chairman of the FCC mm -hmm. and has become a good friend as well over the past six years. Uh, met different senators, met different congressmen, and we built up this little Carrie's Law army of supporters wow. with people saying, oh my God, this is ridiculous. This needs to be a law. And we were able in five years, four and a half years, to go from an idea through the Senate, through the Congress, get them to agree, which took a year mm -hmm. in itself. And then we had 10 days for the president to sign it or the law automatically gets vetoed. Wow. I didn't, I missed that day. On, on Schoolhouse Rock. Yeah, right. But apparently that... wasn't that, a verse on I'm just a bill, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but apparently that's the case. It's got 10 days mm -hmm. or it's an automatic veto. Well, I got to tell you, um, the Kerry's Law Army that we amassed reached out to the president's staff because you can't just call him. Mm -hmm. And we said, look, um, this bill is going to die Friday right. or Monday actually. Technically, it was going to die Friday because Saturday and Sunday is the weekend. Monday was a holiday, federal holiday. Mm -hmm. That still counts as a day, but oh, nobody's okay. working. Wow. So it was like, look, dude, you have to sign this by Friday. Just so happened that was the week of the um, school shooting in Florida. Wow. On Wednesday of that week. And the president was on his way down to meet with the families. Right. They miraculously pulled together a Oval Office signing ceremony in like 36 hours, getting people vetted by the FBI and mm -hmm. CIA and getting everybody down to the White House and in the White House. And I was there when he signed that law mm -hmm. into the law of the land. And I, I still get goosebumps right. thinking about it that an idea that we had four years earlier came to fruition right, right. then and there. So you could, I, I'm, I'm projecting this upon you, but to me that you, you take your passion of te telecommunications and it quite possibly could be like your legacy to help save lives the future like does that like do you is that real in your mind or you know i had um i had a brain aneurysm nine years ago okay and um when the paramedics got to my house i wasn't breathing mm -hmm. had no pulse they brought me back was in a coma for six weeks woke up and nortel was gone when i woke up <laughs> by the way so you know that was kind of odd but um you know people say well what did you see you know, what happened? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, I hate to tell you, but there was really nothing there. I just woke up one day and 
I was in the hospital. Right. So I've got no great story there. I tell people that it was a long, dark hallway with a bright light, but it said Cisco at the bottom. <laughs> so I knew I was going to hell. Yeah. And I ran the other way. That's the story I tell. But, but what it did teach me, though, Matt, it was that, you know, you've got one life to live. And we're here for a very, very short time. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until afterwards, until the Carrie Hunt incident, that I personally realized why I'm here. Mm -hmm. Or at least it gave me that purpose right. in my mind. Right. Believe what you want, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not a huge fan of organized religion, mm -hmm. but I believe that there's something beyond this. Right. Otherwise, this is a big waste of time. <laughs> you know, call that what you want. Mm -hmm. But... Um, you know, I kind of believe that people are here for a reason. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I found mine. Right. So, you know what? I look at life completely differently right now. Yeah. That's awesome. That's it's a refreshing. We could end this podcast right now, but unfortunately, <laughs> I've got a couple more questions. That's fine. <laughs> uh, so... Again, going. That was a good ending. Though. No, that, I'm going to uh, save that one. Right, right. Yeah. right. That'll that'll be for uh, social media, yeah. uh, the clips. Right. <laughs> um, so the IUG community, right? Um, you've been in this industry for a long, long time. Um, in, if there is one piece of professional advice that you'd give to the community in as a whole, what would it be? The 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 piece of advice that I would give anybody in this is get out, communicate with your peers, find the people that are in your industry doing what you do in a, even a competitive company. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Interact with people. Um, and on the, on the flip side, don't just consume, share. Because right. the most minute little thing that you have might be something that someone else is struggling for. Right. I think, I think that's one thing that kind of gets in the way with a lot of people in respective industries. It doesn't have to be telecommunications. It could be marketing or whatever else, is that each and every one of us has our own unique experiences, and we could help other people, but I think we just get scared sometimes. Sure. I mean, you know, nobody wants to... Sometimes people don't want to reach out for help mm -hmm. because they feel like they're admitting failure, that they need help. I have the most respect for people who say, hey, can you show me how to do this better? Right. Because number one, it tells me they're big enough of a person to say, I don't know how to do this. And they're smart enough of a person to say, I need to go get some help so I do this the best possible way. Boy, that's a lot of, that's a lot of positive in a person, mm -hmm. I think. For sure. If there is uh, one thing that you're excited about in 2019 from Avaya that you could communi communicate out to the community? What, what's that one thing and why? Oh, uh, well, there's, there's something I can communicate, but I can't communicate. <laughs> you want to communicate. <laughs> I want, when is this going to air? Ooh, next month, next okay. couple months. All right, so then, so then. Okay, yeah, right. <laughs> the biggest thing that I'm excited about is that on Tuesday, in two days, okay. we are going to announce um, our latest achievement for 
E911, which is Next Generation 911. Um, just this past Friday, we successfully placed a call from the Shelby County uh, government offices mm -hmm. to Shelby County 911 using Next Generation 911. And in addition to the call getting there, we passed location data, real time, and passed floor plans, multimedia. Mm -hmm. So that opens the door for video, right. pictures, everything. It was the first next generation 911 call made in a production environment ever. Wow. So to me, that is as astounding as the very first 911 call mm -hmm. placed in Haleyville, Alabama in 1969. Yeah, so this is a game changer. It's a total game changer. It eliminates all of those location databases that people have to pay to be updated and mm -hmm. all of the uh, you know, capabilities of keeping them updated. It fixes so many things. Um, text to 911, there are people that do that today, but you know, there's no location passed with mm -hmm. that. This fixes that. Yeah. So it's, it's what the industry has been talking about. I just did a presentation today. This first came up in 2000. So almost 20 years. For the execution. For the execution yeah. of this. And we did it Friday. Congratulations. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're psyched. And, yeah. and, and we did it, uh, you know, we did it down in, in uh, Shelbyville, Tennessee. Not, not too far from where I am, so that's awesome. So last question. Um, so say if there's members out there in the community who are hemming and hawing about whether or not to come to engage, right? Uh, they're not here this year, but it's like they were close. So what's the one thing you would tell that person why they should be engaged next year? Oh, boy, that's a tough question. It's an ex the, the first one that you ever attend is an experience that you'll remember for the rest of your life. And you will forge new relationships with people that you never even dreamed about being able to meet. And you will gain so much knowledge uh, from the people that you will meet that it will absolutely ignite your career like a freaking rocket. And I mean, yeah. that's why you need to be here. You need to come at least once. That's awesome. Well, thank you for your time. That was, you, you told some great stories and, uh, and, uh, and next time I call 911, hopefully it's not anytime soon, but <laughs> um, I'll be think we'll be thinking about you when, okay. when we call that. Well, so I appreciate the time. No Good problem. luck on your, on your podcast. Yeah, thank you. This is, I always love to see people getting involved in podcasting. This year they've got a great media studio down on the showroom floor. Mm -hmm. I've been asking Victor for that. You know, it's like yeah. a card table and two chairs isn't cutting it. Yeah. <laughs> so he we can only and, DIY as, as long as <laughs> they went all out this can. year. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. I don't know if you've been on the floor yet, but uh, yeah. it got built this morning and it's looking good. Well, it sounds to me that next year, for those who are, weren't here this year and they're planning to go next year, they have something to look forward to checking that out. Um, that Fireworks, awesome. elevated stage. Right. Yeah, there's going to be all kinds of stuff. I would. <laughs> 
holograms. Holograms, right, yeah. Right. yeah. Of Victor. Of Victor, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Engages the place to be. Right on. Well, thank you so much, and we'll, we'll talk, to you, talk to you soon, hopefully. Thanks. Thanks again to Fletch for the great conversation. You can find him on Twitter on the aptly named at Fletch911. Let us know what you think on Twitter at IUGMatthew or at IUG. Thank you for listening and come back next week for another episode of IAUG Insider.